The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome to the Arise Success Show. I'm your host in this show. My name is Jihad. Just a bit of a recap of the idea behind this show, just in case some of you did not tune into our first episode, is that we're bringing inspiring guests to share their stories and their journeys to success, what they do and how they got there. In my personal work as an educational practitioner in personality traits, I analyze individuals' personalities using the model of the Prophet Muhammad and I use examples of the companions or the Sahabas, as well as the Prophet's wives who have the same personalities as the individual in order to serve as our role models. Similarly, in this show, I want to also bring in role models of today who have inspiring stories to share with us, the journeys and the journeys behind their success. I want this to be an inspiration to all of us because success has a lot lot behind it and we often see the success, but not the struggles behind it. So this brings me, inshallah, to introduce my guest today. But before I do so, just a reminder that this show is a pre-recorded show, so we're not taking any calls today. But please feel free, feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts about the show, or if you have any comments on 0779481822, or you can send those on Facebook as well. Sometimes we do pre-record um, shows just in case myself or the guests are not able to attend a live show. But most of our shows will be live, inshallah. So our guest today is a full-time mom, educator, and business owner. We have Hafsa, who is from the UK, but recently moved to the UAE with her family. Hafsa will be talking about the power of dua and how we can trust in Allah's plans through hardships and trials. Trials such as her own personal struggle with epilepsy over the years and overcoming this through dua. Hafsa, it's a pleasure to have you with us today on the Arise to Success show. How are you doing, Hafsa? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing good. Thank you for the intro. It was a bit, um, <laughs> it was it was nice to hear, but alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair for being with us and, you know, bringing in that background, which I think is very important to talk about the power of dua, because sometimes we forget about that power of dua. You know, I was speaking to a friend recently and she was really, really worried about something. And I said to her, have you made dua about it? She's like, oh my God, I forgot about that. So sometimes we do forget. So thank you for uh, being here with us and inshallah sharing um, your personal story on that. So perhaps if we first start by, you know, if you can tell us a bit more about you as a full-time mom educator and business owner, inshallah, after that we can move into um, talking about dua. Yeah, sure. Um, So first of all, I just want to say that I never saw myself as somebody going into business um in my culture especially east african culture it wasn't something that you know we were told about growing up we weren't educated on business um it's more so study go to university get a really good job and um you know and then and there your life starts sort of so it never just and i want to say that and make that clear because when i when I used to come across business owners, I used to think, especially Muslim sisters, uh, Muslim sisters mm-hmm. I used to think, oh, wow, that's really great for you. It's like, you know, you hear about Khadija radiallahu anha and you think, wow, that's, that's great for them, but that wouldn't work for me. You know, I'm just not business minded. And yeah. I used to say that also, I just, that's just not me. You know, I don't have talent or, you know, this, I'd just rather study and do things um, that route, which is fine too. But then, mm-hmm. Uh, Allah, you have a plan, but Allah has a plan. So around 2020 was, I think, I think 2019 COVID hit, but around 2020 is when it was really, it was full lockdown. And, um, you know, everybody was, a lot of people were losing their jobs. Alhamdulillah, I was able to keep mine. So at the time I was an online teacher. You know, at the time I was a tutor and then I became an online teacher um, through COVID. Um, so alhamdulillah it worked out that way but I just felt really bad for the kids losing out at the time mm. and um, I was part of mum groups even though um, funnily enough I wasn't a mum at the time but mm. there was a lot of mums complaining and, and saying that you know it's just just sharing their difficulties when it comes to their children and education during Covid time and I just felt like it's I felt really helpless and um, I just thought, what about if I started um, homeschooling children online? Um, mm. And at first I thought maybe, you know, I'm a huge fan of volunteering. 
um, and that's something I've done for years. But I just thought maybe I should just let me just try, you know, trial try it out and see what it's like. And then um, uh, a friend of mine and my husband at the time said, "Why don't you make a business out of it?" I was like, "No, I'm not no. business. No, no, I'm like that's you know you hear business and you kind of get scared and." I was quite young at the time too. I was 20, 20, 22. So um, I, I was really scared. And I said, well, I, when you think of business, you think of older, more accomplished women. And for me, I was, I said, I have no clue. And then I just started to talk to people in business and they, you know, they sort of just t basically told me, you don't really need to know much. You just have to do your research and Again, trust in Allah. So I prayed this tahara. Um, alhamdulillah, I felt good after afterwards, and I just felt like Bismillah, let's do it. You know, I want to do it for the sake of helping these kids and their parents too um, during this time. And I think it's really important to have good intentions with whatever you go into, whether that's business, whatever decision you make in life. As long as you have the intention of pleasing Allah, everything yeah. will just come by itself. So I thought, let me try it out for six weeks. Um, and I did, and I had no idea. Again, I didn't think I was going to get clients. Alhamdulillah, within the space of just a few weeks, I was able to get international clients. The work, I had a really low faith in the work that I'd be able to produce because, you know, I had access to things like, you know, Ofsted um, book, textbooks and things like that. But, it, I, you know, I'm not... I wasn't I wasn't part of a a, a, a school uh, organization per se, so I didn't have as much access to things as I to certain uh, resources that I would have liked at the time. So I just used what I had, and in my mind, I wasn't trying to sort of be the best. I wasn't aiming to be the best online homeschooler. I was just like, I'm just going to do what I believe in. And again, with the attention of pleasing Allah and just see where it takes me. And Allah Mubarak, it was such a huge success the first time around that I was like, okay, I have to do this again. And it just started, it just started picking up really well, Allah Mubarak. And uh, during, after about a year or so, I got, became pregnant with my first child. And um, that's when uh, I started to slow things down. Um, but that was a personal choice of mine. I don't want to... Uh, spread a message out there that you know because you're pregnant it hinders you I actually was able to do extra courses during my pregnancy to mm -hmm. to sort of uh, build uh, build my sort of uh, business up and mm -hmm. alhamdulillah I was able to move on to another business idea which was uh, selling a buyers and I mm -hmm. always loved you know shopping for a buyers but I didn't think I'd love you know selling them so but I didn't I didn't, re again, subhanAllah, you don't realize the talent or the skills that you have until you start to explore and come out of your comfort zone. So mm -hmm. during that time, the homeschooling business was still running, but it was, I had to limit my students at the time just because it was becoming so much. But I became really passionate. We traveled to the UAE, uh, my mm -hmm. husband and I, um, and... We started, we, I, again, I just fell in love with all these buyers and we started going to different stores. And then mm. I, then we bought, uh, we bought a buyers in bulk and brought them back to the UK and they were all sold out, Allahumma Barik. So it's like, oh, cool, okay, so this kid. And again, I, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I was really lucky or anything like that. Sorry. Um, I don't want to make it sound like it was luck or anything. Truly the whole time I had the right people around me telling me, you can do this, first of all. Second of all, I, um, anytime I felt doubt that I couldn't do it or that, you know, it's what about this, what about that, you know, um, there's certain things, you know, you want it to be perfect and it wasn't perfect at the time, but it was just perfect enough. Anytime it came in my head, I just made dua to Allah woke up for tahajjud and said, Ya Allah, please, if this was good for me, bring it, make it easy for me. Mm. And um, I do want to emphasize that making dua sometimes isn't always easy. You know, you might not be in the, the mental headspace um, or you just, you, you know, you might be low in iman, you might feel like 
you just might not be there mentally or even physically. But in those times, those du'as still get accepted. So sometimes waking up for tahajjud, you know, was was hard for me. So the times where du'a is accepted, like mm-hmm. an hour before uh, Maghrib on Fridays, I would just sit down and make du'a then. And mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, things just started, doors just started to open and open and open. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to say, not to go into too much detail, but the more doors that started to open within the sort of business side of things, the more doors started to open with my with things in my personal life as well. Allahumma barik. And I, again, I think that's because the two are connected. Because when you're making dua, for this, when you're doing something for the sake of Allah, and essentially working toward helping the ummah, and working towards making a legacy for yourself, so that by the time you leave this world, inshallah, you could say, at least I did this to help so-and-so, you know, it could even be sadaqatul jariya for, yeah. um, for yourself or inshallah future children. Yeah. Then it just, everything just connects and Allah just, Allah just has a perfect plan for you, even if you can't see it yourself. And I truly mean it when I say these things, I could not have written my life out this way. If somebody told me this is, you know, you were going to have a business or, this was going to happen in your life, I I would have said no. Like, how, how can that happen? Uh, from the age of 18, I would have said, I, don't, I just don't see it. That is not me. Um, and I think it's really, it's it's really important, again, to say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, special or, like, you know, or in any, in any type of way or, you know, not in a, not in a, harsh way but just you know i'm not uh i think sometimes especially in the community and as females we look at certain sisters um succeeding and we think oh well that's them you know they're so fortunate they can do that but me you know i can't do that there's no such thing as khan whatever you want and if you're doing it for the sake of allah he will give it to you and i ever since now i class myself as a a CEO because, or as a business owner, because Alhamdulillah, since then, Allah has just been unlocking things and um, just uh, just just opening doors. I, you know, now I think like business mind. I never used to think like that ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, really want youngsters to know that out there. But I also want to add that, you know, if that's not, what you want and and you want to find success in other things that's okay too but as long as you can say at the end of the day i did something to please allah and yeah. i have no regrets you know yeah. um so yeah that that's <laughs> i've forgotten the question now <laughs> but no appreciate shared yeah no that that has been really really great and it's a great reminder because as i said at the start we do forget sometimes about the power of dua and i think you know the intention as you said really matters having the right intention and then putting the trust in Allah and going for it and you know um, Allah makes it all easy so jazakallah khair for that um, and I think also the power of qiyam you mentioned that you wake up to create a hajjud create a qiyam and that's something somebody actually mentioned it to me a few days ago subhanallah she said that as soon as she started praying Qiyam, um, initially prior to that, she's a friend I've known for a while, and she was, you know, telling me about the challenges she's having with her children. And then she says, subhanAllah, you know, when I met her a few days ago, she said, as soon as I started praying Qiyam, things started getting better with her children. So subhanAllah, you know, having that, you know, the power of Qiyam is not just, you know, for yourself, but also, you know, um, for the loved ones as well. You know, if you're worried about certain things, making dua and also having you know waking up to pray at night and i asked her do you stay awake to pray um because fajr is quite early now and she said yes but some but she said majority of the time i go to sleep and then wake up she said it's sweeter because you wake up you're forcing yourself to get up in the middle of the night when it's so hard so she said that to her that even feels better subhanallah so um i think that's quite important to highlight when you mentioned qiyam there um yeah Sorry, I, there's a saying I heard, um, which is, you don't want it bad enough unless you're waking up for Qiyam. And that is powerful in itself. Like, if truly you want something, you will ask for it. And Allah says, He, you know, ask, ask me. He wants us to ask Him. 
So I just, I just ever since I, anytime I'm struggling with tahajjud or um, even just 15 minutes, you know, alhamdulillah, mashallah, that sister's able to wake up, but just setting your alarm 15, 20 minutes before fajr and and setting that time out to, to make the, uh, the power mm. in it, inshallah, you will, ta- you will taste the fruits of your labor in this world, inshallah, the next. Absolutely. Zakallah khair for that. And I'm just going to remind the listeners, we have... Um, Hafsa on the show with us today, who's a full-time mom, educator, and business owner, mashallah. Hafsa is sharing with us today her own personal struggles with, uh, with the struggles that she experienced so far that we talked about. And in a minute, inshallah, we're going to talk about also the struggles with epilepsy over the years and overcoming this through dua. And Hafsa just shared with us as well her, um, her um, experience with dua and business. And I was thinking, Hafsa, when you're talking about, you know, that you found the idea of business quite scary you never thought that you would ever do that so from having fear to starting a business starting another business so subhanallah you know it kind of led to not just one business but mashallah being an owner of two businesses then i'm just wondering here what makes you actually face your fear and look into business because when your husband i think you mentioned your husband put the idea or others put the idea to yourself why do you start your business in homeschooling and you were like mm-hmm. automatically said no and then he started thinking about it can you tell us about that transition? What made you face your fear there and think about it? Yeah, so um, first of all, I realized if I wanted to, I went from knowing nothing to knowing so many things. And mm. in that process, I had to, I had to ask myself, how badly do I want it? Like, do I, you know, there were benefits that I knew w- would come, possibly, mm. if it were to work out. Um and it was i knew it was a big risk uh, essentially because i had never done it before mm. um i didn't have much knowledge on it as i said so i needed to first of all find the people that did have knowledge on it but i remember saying you know i didn't have i i, I didn't have social media at the time but i knew that instagram was a great way to socially network with sisters in business yeah and so First and foremost, I had to find those sisters. I, I wanted to make it specific to uh, Muslim sisters who had done it before, just because I feel like the um, Muslims versus, you know, other women in business, I feel like there's different... I could just relate to them more and I, I, I could get more from them. Mm. And I knew after I, through my research, it seemed like Instagram was the place. And I was always somebody that was anti, you know, uh, social media pages. And, you know, I didn't really keep up with the times and things like that. But I had to really learn to get uncomfortable, to get comfortable with things that made me uncomfortable. Just as long as it didn't harm me in the process of I wasn't doing anything haram. Um, So I made an account and I started following sisters and I started um, going to events, sisters and business and events. And I started networking with sisters and hearing their stories and hearing their stories made me feel really confident in doing so. Um, mm. Second of all, I had to do my research on uh, my niche. So at the time, the my niche was uh, students who um, were being deprived of uh, education or um, just just certain ha- having lack of access to certain resources to help them during COVID. So I mm. really had to speak to these mums who were voicing their um, their thoughts and, and sharing how they were feeling about uh, their children learning during COVID. And I had to really ask, is there a, I had to speak to them and say, is there space for this? You know, is this something you'd be interested in? And really sort of, you know, poll their thoughts. And so that was the second step that I did. Um, and the more I researched and the more I spoke to, to people, the more I started to believe, oh, this, is, this, could, actually, this could actually work out. And I think the third hurdle, which I think is one of the big, the biggest hurdles, is having belief in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to really say it took a lot of convincing. Even now, I still tell myself, "Oh, is is that really good enough? Um, you know, did I? Can I really do it?" Um, but that's when I just said, "You know what? I have to. I have to make the offer it because it's not in my hands. If I leave it up to myself, um, it's just I'm going to be too." I'm going to just be in my thoughts too much. So that's when Dua came in and I had to sort of put those three together. So tying my camel, which was doing my research 
and speaking to those who had experience in it and were confident in business and could, you know, give me that positive affirmation. And the second was du'a, which is, you know, tying your camel and then making du'a. That really, that got me to the stage of, yep, okay, I'm doing this, definitely doing this. That's amazing. And, you know, it shows also the power of having the right people around you, right? Um, Right. And there was a hadith about, you know, the having the right friends and, you know, giving examples of, you know, of a, a good friend is like what a bad friend is. is um, I can't remember the exact wordings of the hadith, but it shows the impact of having the right people around us. And by you having the right people around you, as you said, it kind of helped you to have that mindset as well. And of course, you had to do other things like the time, as you said, the research that you had to put into it. And also along with all of that is the power of that along the journey. Um, and mashallah that helped you as you said having clients within a few weeks mashallah you know so a lot of businesses it takes a lot long time to pick up so would you say the secret behind you know all of this is the three things that you've mentioned um or do you think it is mainly the power of dua in your own or you know the other stuff that you've mentioned are important too i think part of dua comes with action Um, You know, du'a is essentially, you know, an action in itself, but it's, you know, if we, I can't sit and look at something really pretty and say, oh, okay, I'm going to make du'a for it, I want that. I'd have to go and shop for it and see if it's the right thing and make du'a for it. So definitely I would include, I would include those three things with du'a. I I would not, um, there's, you can't, the two go hand in hand together. And um, I would definitely say those those are the keys. And I I want to say that I wasn't looking for quick success. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's something you should look for if you're starting a business. That's something I had to be wary of. But it came, Allahumma barik, because of Allah's planning. And you just have to have, that can come within five years, it can come within three years, it can come whenever. Just when you put your trust in Allah, it makes it it makes the process easier, and that fear slowly starts to turn into confidence. Absolutely, absolutely. Jazakallah khair for that, um, Hafsa. And I wanted to point out, and I forgot to point that out earlier, but when I heard your child, I wanted to point out that really appreciate you coming on the show while you're having your child and having to look after your child at the same time. And I know that, you know, we had to also reschedule because you weren't feeling well. So the fact that you weren't well and then having to come on the show with your child, uh, really appreciate you being on the show today. So Jazakallah khair for that. Um, and much that, that kind of gives a message out there that nothing can stop you from doing what you want, right? So... Uh, I appreciate that. Just to remind the listener, we have uh, Hafsa on the show with us today, who's a full-time mom. And as we can hear, mashallah, with uh, your child at the background, mashallah, uh, it's a blessing to have children around us. So alhamdulillah. A full-time mom, educator, and a business owner. Um, she's sharing with us today her, um, the, her own experiences with the power of dua. And we we're just talking about how dua has helped, mashallah, so much with um, starting a business, leading to another business, as well as the other things that Hafsa mentioned in terms of putting the action um, into it. It's also dua in its own, just making, you know, making dua and waiting for things to happen. It's not the case. We need to take action which is, you know, reminds me of, um, you know, tie your camel and trust in Allah. So it's both going hand in hand to make dua and take the action for it. So it's like for that, um, but, um, sorry, Hafsa. Um, perhaps before we go for the break, Hafsa, we can talk a little bit about how you manage business and being a full-time mom. Is it hard? Are there positives to it as well? For example, you know, being your own boss and managing your own time. So what would you say? you know how you handle it how you manage it what are the positives what are the negatives what are the challenges and how you handle that as well definitely i think um the one thing is i've learned is there's there's not really there's not really such thing as balance balance is is a myth you can't have you know everything's not going to be um equal at the same time so and what i mean by that is say if i'm I, you know I'll, I'll be getting really a high amount of orders and then I'm doing a really great job as a mom and I'm, I'm you know, totally there with my child 24-7. That it's just, um, it's just impossible. And I had to read, I had to let go of that sort of perfect idea of being able to balance everything. And 
the only I honestly could not manage without du'a and without um, coming back and remembering okay what are my intentions because sometimes you forget um, as time goes on you know you'll be doing something and it'll just become a habit and you'll forget okay what is what what are my, what were my intentions with this in the first place Mm. And um, obviously, I'm, as I'm, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we've moved um, countries, so that has been a big had had a big impact in terms of uh, business wise. Because here, it's not like it's not like sorry, I'm not sure if you can hear me. Um, here, it's not like the UK where you can just you know essentially where you can just set up an online business. It's the laws here are quite strict um, in a great way. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just having to stop you here because we're going to have to go for a short break and inshallah we continue after the break because we're just restricted with timing. So I apologize for having to stop you there. But inshallah we will continue straight when we get back from the break. We'll continue talking about this. So listeners, thank you for being here. Please do stay tuned. This is Inspire Families on 105.1. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. everyone welcome back to the arise to success show we have hafsa who's a full-time mom educator and business owner hafsa is from the uk but recently moved to the uae with her family and she's talking about the power of dua and how to have trust in allah's plans through hardships and trials trials such as her own personal struggle with epilepsy over the years and overcoming this through dua. So hafsa, about you know your personal experience with a dua in relation to business before the break and just before the break we started talking about you know um keeping that balance between you know um having a business and you know being a full-time mom and you're talking about you know balance you know being a myth and you're talking about more of your experience and how you manage the two so if you would like to continue that because we kind of had to go for a break before you finish um talking so please go ahead yes um first of all i'd like to apologize to anybody for any background noise um with the kids um but yeah so i think where i left off last is um i was just talking about how we've moved countries within the past year um we've moved to the uae and alhamdulillah but um the laws here are different so to set up a business uh you need a license you need a certain amount of money um so it's not like the uk where you can just set up an online business and you know you don't have to you could just wake up one day and set up a business free of charge um alhamdulillah for that but again it's it's an it's a hurdle that seems scary at first um but it's just something that i'm in the process of over my husband and i are in the process of overcoming and figuring out how do we best um you know figure this out and continue the business inshallah will be continuing Mm. or the businesses inshallah but um i think it's important to mention that because through any business journey there are hurdles that will come your way there are life changes that will happen and similar to learning to be comfortable with un- with the uncomfortable you have to learn to adjust as time goes on you know um and that's that's where i i'm at with the businesses at the moment um but i wouldn't see that as a failure i wouldn't i wouldn't see that as something you know Mm. that 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 should hinder me from carrying on if anything i've just been coming up alhamdulillah with more ideas and it's mm. given me that time to to create more um whilst we're overcoming this um somewhat hurdle mm. absolutely and as you said it's not to see it as a failure but to see it as you say you know it's the mindset that matters isn't it um and to kind of work around it at the end of the day you know whatever, whatever situation allah puts us in is for the best um and we don't know what Allah plans and you've shared also that you never thought that you'd start business you know you thought that you know um just the regular you know what we are taught is that you graduate and then you get into it and so on so um but allah had a completely different plan for you i'm sure you know allah has blessed you with you know with business where you can help others so allah's plans are always best so having to deal with whatever situation that you are put in, uh based on allah's plan so sakallah for that you know on the on the in the same topic about having that trust in allah so having trust in allah is 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 amazing not easily done sometimes specifically what i notice with individuals who are so used to trying you know who like to take control of their lives like to you know to be organized and be very you know in control 
how do we balance the two? Um, are there any tips based on your experience? What would you recommend? Balancing, um, sorry, could you repeat that last part again? Yeah, so having to trust in Allah, you know, based on what you just said is, is amazing. And it feels like, you know, kind of like um, a relief to just have that trust in Allah, not having to constantly worry and plan. What I notice is that there are certain individuals who find that difficult when they, they like to be in control of their lives. They like to manage their lives and be in control. So how do we manage that? I mean, that, that's great to be able yeah. to manage your life. How do we balance the two where we are in control of our lives, but at the same time we're putting our trust in Allah? Yeah, I I definitely have experienced that trying to sort of take control of your life, which again, as you said, can be a great thing. But mm. the thing is, you'll what I've learned from that is you'll crash and burn much more quickly without mm. when you don't have that trust in Allah. And it's very easy to say, have trust in Allah, you can do it. But having trust in Allah also means sometimes, you know, having to to come crashing down in order to get back up. It's mm. not just. Uh, trust in Allah 24-7 everything is just that's not how life works and Allah tells us you know that he will test us mm-hmm. um, so having this trust has its ups and downs but that's part of having trust in Allah as long as you always come back to him and, and okay so I for example I went through a period where things were going well and you start to think okay you know sometimes subhanAllah you forget yeah, again like I said you forget about the du'as and you forget you know that you should you start to worry about things and you just get consumed with uh worldly things um and you forget about the impact it can have on the akhirah so that became a pattern for a while until I did crash and burn and then I realized oh wait you know I've 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 forgotten I've completely I I forgot that I need to put my trust in Allah and I was relying on myself because sometimes Subhanallah, it can seem like it's just you that's in control of your life because it's you that's doing it. But ultimately, everything comes from Allah. And mm. I think I always have to remind myself every um, aspect of life, particularly in business, it's, it comes from Allah. These orders that I'm worrying about, this process that I'm, you know, this, this current situation that I'm in, that I'm worried about, what about this, what about that? Mm. I have to really, if I don't believe that um, Allah can open these doors the same way he opened the um, business doors for me in the beginning then I'm gonna find this this journey really difficult it can people still do it but it's just it's it's very difficult the likelihood of it succeeding and it being having a positive impact in your life as well as your akhira is less likely um apologies for the noise I'm so sorry guys um yeah it's the the impact it will have will be greater so i have to so it's not all roses i i, I say have trust in allah but with that comes falling short and but just it's just the getting back up um that 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 matters i hope that i hope that did answer your question sorry no no absolutely absolutely it is part of having that trust in allah isn't it is to know that you know um there will be challenges on the way and also to embrace those challenges because allah has allah is making us go through them for a reason and one of the things that kind of helps me is when i look at you know the when i remind myself of the the stories of the prophets the struggles that they have gone through um and that struggles are part of the journey they're not there to hinder us but if the prophets have gone through it i mean it is part of life and it is part of embracing it you know so we enjoy the good moments and likewise the the moments that are difficult or the challenges are part of the journey so embrace that rather than think why am i experiencing this because the more we try to resist we're just making it harder Mm. for ourselves the challenges are not going to go away that way because Allah is providing us with those challenges. But it's more about embracing them and understanding that they are part of the journey as well. And there was a reason why Allah is making us go through them. And I think what you mentioned there is really it's a good point where you said to, uh, you know, that Allah has opened doors for you in the past. So I think reminding ourselves of how Allah has made things easy for us and how Allah has helped us to go through that journey and to go through those challenges. Mm. And then also Allah has opened, you know, sometimes, you know, when a door closes so many other doors open definitely so reminder, yeah reminder of those past experiences when the help was there but also and and also besides mm-hmm. that um knowing that you know when a door closes so many other doors open inshallah with the will of allah um in terms of dua you know is there something that 
you would recommend as, as part of your experience um, that we can do? Is it weekly? Is it daily? Is it regularly? What would you recommend to help us keep that trust in Allah and in his plans? I think for me personally, I think everybody, um, I, I would I would generally say uh, daily, daily, um, daily good deeds but that's that's quite generic so in personally speaking morning and evening adhkar mm. are just the the way to go for me if you look at the meaning if just look them up on the hisn muslim or my dua book just type in morning and evening adhkar online mm. and you everything will come up inshallah but they're essentially um, sunnah du'as that the Prophet وسلم, used to say in the morning and evening yeah. and the really special thing about those du'as is that they cover everything from success to personal like success in, in worldly life to mm. success in the akhirah, they cover things such as health you know your health is really important every aspect that, um, that it, it, they just cover every aspect of your life that is important and that is needed to have a successful business or mm. successful venture of any kind these du'as truly cover that including a really important one which is um protection from en envy and why mm. i mentioned those du'as is because saying it regularly sometimes when you do a habit when you practice a habit regularly it just seems you forget again you just you're just so used to it it just it just becomes you know nothing, nothing special but anytime um that i'm sort of falling short i just feel feel low I go back to those du'as and I look at the meaning and it just reignites it all over again. And then when, you know, Allah says, when you remember him, he will remember you. Mm. So the power in those du'as, when you say those du'as and you can just start off with just something, Ayatul Qurusi, morning and evening, you know, start off with something small, but remembering him every day of some kind, whether that's istighfar or whether that's just the tip of the tongue. Even mm. if sometimes you don't even, it feels like, oh, I didn't really mean that eventually you will start to mean it and you know you have those up and down times so i think daily dhikr is really important whether that's a small amount whether that's a, a large amount every day is different so it's not going to be the same that to, that for me i think is one of the most powerful tools that has ever been alhamdulillah um allah has implemented in my life and that's the one thing that i can think that alhamdulillah that it's just been the it's just it's just been the it's been the protection for everything and uh, I definitely recommend that. But again, if you're listening to this and you're not, you know, you have something already that you do, that you practice regularly, whether that's reading the Quran, that's another, that's the best form of dhikr, whether that's um, just even, you know, praying five times a day or, you know, doing sunnah acts, just having that time to remember Allah, that in itself, if you practice regularly and you renew your intentions in that regularly, that constant deed, that will, that will definitely open doors for you inshallah mm. but i would highly if there's anybody listening who is, hasn't been introduced to morning evening adhkar who hasn't practiced it i would highly highly um recommend that and it took me a while to 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 get there but again starting off slow really helped and starting off yeah. small and, and thank you for mentioning that because that's that's quite important as well and, and it's for protection right you mentioned protection there so um you mentioned the in terms of having something regular regular dua or regular dhikr is quite important right and with afkar i want to add to onto that as well as, as you said you know it could be if we try to do a lot at the same time it can become overwhelming so to start small and what i've noticed that when i started doing my afkar is that you know because we do it every day we read it every day after some time we start to memorize it we know it by heart so mm. you don't have to sit and be reading from the book once you've memorized Mama. you could be doing something you know while you're cooking you know while you're preparing something in the morning or in the evening you can be reading your adhkar along with doing that so it becomes very easy but it's to start small and then you know if, if the adhkar is too much for you you know those who struggle to read arabic for instance 
you start with one, maybe one dhikr a day, one dua a day. Once it's become a habit, then you can build on it and add, keep, keep adding to it, inshallah, so that it becomes a habit rather than doing it once and then forgetting and so on. And also you mentioned the meaning of, of the dua that we read. So for those who are reading that card with the dua in Arabic and they're not sure about the meaning, uh, what you pointed out there, Hafsa, is understanding the meaning is quite important because then you can connect with it. So could you perhaps share with us your experience of reading the meaning of the duas of the card that you that you've been reading yeah um just to name a few one that comes to mind is uh so i, I you know i've alhamdulillah i've been reading morning and evening adhkar for uh some time now uh years mm. um and that actually came from uh my epilepsy but we'll talk about that at some point inshallah but um you so initially i read i had read the meaning and you know mm. i'm an english native speaker so i'm like okay i understand that but then things will happen in life and um, hardships will come. And then you read the meaning again and it will mean something completely different. It will, it will connect with you in such a way where you feel like Allah is directly speaking to you. Um, so the meaning isn't always the same. It can change. And, and that, that's the power because we read it again, being an, uh, an English native. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty confident with, I know it. Do you mind, do you mind just getting closer to the mic? I'm struggling to yes. hear you. Yes, sorry. Sorry, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, being an, being an English native speaker, I read the English translation and think, yeah, I, I know what it means. Mm. Um, but the power with du'a is, with, with the morning and evening of Kara specifically, is that it can, it, it carries so much weight that when you read it over and over again, not every day, but every so often, mm. especially in the times of hardship, it can mean something completely different. And you can see it in a way that you've never seen it before. I mean, still to this day, it still really shocks me. Mm. Um, apologies for the noise. Um, it still really shocks me how mm. new it feels. And sometimes it feels like I'm reading it for the first time. Right. Um, so definitely, um, I would say it's it's helped in that sense, just going mm. over it, and um, it just feels stronger. You you feel like it's, it's sometimes it's a reminder. Again, we do forget, and you yeah. look at the translation Mama. and you think, oh, Mama. okay, now remember, Mama. right? Okay, and yeah, it it helps you to get back up again. Yeah, that's great, inshallah, for that. And it's amazing that you say that, although that you know the meaning, but then when you read it from situation to situation, it can feel like you, it's like you read it for the first time, the meaning just, you know, means different at a, at a different situation. Um, You've mentioned epilepsy, and we're going to talk a little bit about that just to remind the listeners if anybody joined us recently. We have Fatima on the ship. Sorry, Hafsa. You know, I had a recording with another sister called Fatima a few days ago, so I do apologize. <laughs> we have that's Hafsa fine, on the show. <laughs> Thank you. We have Hafsa on the show with us today, who's a full-time mom, educator, and business owner. Hafsa is sharing with us today her own personal experiences with dua, and now we're going to talk a little bit about her struggles with epilepsy over the years and how she has overcome this through dua. Um, this is a pre-recorded show, so we're not taking any calls today, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts on 0779. Uh, sorry, the number 0779481822, or you can send those on Facebook as well. So, um, Hafsa, coming back to you with your experience about epilepsy and the power of dua in that. Yeah, um, I first of all want to really appreciate you coming, uh, allowing me to come in here to talk about this. I've never spoken about uh, uh, my epilepsy before, but I think it's a really important part to, uh, of my journey. And mm. somebody might think, what's that got to do with business and power of the R? But for me, the, it really does connect in the sense, in so many ways, but one of them being the fact that that was just another factor as to why I never looked at myself as somebody who was business minded because to me having epilepsy was a hindrance mm. um, or just having just a general health issue was just you know there were so many factors that came into play but um, so yeah I've had epilepsy since for about oh, let, me, let me do a quick math almost 15 years now almost mm. um, so I had it from the age of 11 um, but I wasn't officially diagnosed until the age of 12. So secondary school really was, you know, a lot of people say secondary school is where you sort of, you know, where your, where your teen years are sort of shaped and who you start to become as an individual. And even so, it just either way, everybody's, those years are so crucial, especially to a girl, uh, a Muslim girl's life mm. and how they impact them in their future and how they look at themselves. And 
that those somewhat five years of secondary school overall was a really great experience but when it came to my epilepsy it was very hard um uh for those who might not know what epilepsy is it's a medical condition um mm -hmm. where you suffer from seizures um there's different types I to the details of it but me, me personally i suffered mm -hmm. from Mama. the general the, the, the general seizures where i fall and seize for a good five minutes and for years i struggled with trying to get onto the medication the right medication so it just made it worse i tried some remedies and natural herbs none of them worked so for years it just it really prior to this and even just maybe a year in of having year or two of having epilepsy i was always somebody that was outspoken and confident but as the years went on i started to have really low self-esteem my friends were very supportive but again they couldn't fully understand my family too um, my mum at the time was my rock, still is, Allah um, Barik. My dad, Allah was too. And it was, but me personally, I just started to have less belief in myself. I started to have, there was a, there was a picture I imag always imagined having as I uh, became then in teen years. From being a teen, I had this picture in my head as to what adulthood would look like for me. Mm. and as the years went on it just start, slowly started to fade I just started to you know feel like an outcast I just didn't feel like good things were written for me mm. um in the East African in my culture anyway I don't want to speak in the whole of the East African culture but it was made known that I had epilepsy and people you know looked at me as I was like you know miskeen felt sorry for me they that, you know, things were mentioned that my life wouldn't be as good. People were afraid I had black magic, which wasn't the case, alhamdulillah. Um, so it was just a lot of things. And throughout that whole process, I didn't even fathom du'a. I would, I would get that advice from, from older adults at the time. Um, but being a teen at the time, you're not, you know, you're just taking in what adults say, but it's really hard to practice it. And that's the least of your priorities. And you're just thinking, I have this. Why do I have this? And you're not really understanding how to how to get success at that time. And obviously, I, I define du'a as success, as the key to success. But I just didn't put the two together. And then when I got into sixth form and I started to get a bit older and my epilepsy started to calm down, um, I started to, it was still very strong at the time. It's, there were certain daily activities I couldn't do. I started to surround, alhamdulillah, Allah blessed me with good friends at the time that um, would tell me, you know, make dua. I started to go to lectures and elder women were there who I looked up as, as aunties used to advise me the same. So I thought, okay, I'm getting this all the time. Let me just see what, let me just see what this dua thing is about. So I started to research how to make dua, um, the conditions of dua and, you know, I obviously knew how to make du'a, but I just wanted it to be so good. I wanted to understand, like, what is this thing that everybody keeps talking about? Mm. And I slowly started to build habits. And, and firstly, I started to make du'a, but just regular du'a, not, not as strong, just, you know, Ya Allah, please make this go away and things like that. And I have a theory in hearing other people's health stories as well, that when you're in such a, when Allah tests you with such a, um, with such a test, especially when it comes to health, when you're in those vulnerable moments and you're imagining what your life would look like and you're thinking about this, that in itself, I actually feel like Allah was able to answer my du'as without me physically having to make it myself because he saw the pain that I was going through and he saw what I wanted in my heart. So yeah. that in itself, for anybody who is going through a health struggle and does want to does have certain dreams and aspirations, those vulnerable times, Allah sees you even when other people don't see you. So... For me, it, I, I, it's only taking me coming out of that that I realized, oh, okay, he was with me that whole time. And this mm -hmm. is how things slowly. And then doors started to connect, you know, surrounding myself with the right people. Again, Allah is just so merciful. He just naturally, in those moments, he just, he understood what, he, he took me down a path that only he could take me on. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to say my morning, evening, and slowly. I started with Ayatul Kursi, um, just because I was familiar with it already. And then those slowly, slowly things started to build and doors started to open, alhamdulillah. Wow, subhanAllah. Go ahead, yes. No, I was just going to say, and now cut to alhamdulillah, I've 
recently <laughs> had an all clear test um which doesn't necessarily mean my epilepsy is cured it could just mean i've had a good year or two but alhamdulillah um things are looking much more smoother than they were a few years ago well to hear that alhamdulillah that that kind of just reminds me there's always you know that the light at the end of the tunnel and subhanallah the struggle that you've you've, you've, you've experienced and for sharing this and he said this is the first time to share it and sometimes it's difficult to share such things but thank you for you know being able to share that with us today uh, you've, you, at that time when you've had it you wondered why am i experiencing this and as i said when it comes to health it can be very very difficult and you wonder why 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 am i going through this why is allah making me go through this? and you get to a stage where you realize actually you know what that was actually for for khair for me or for khair for me to spread that message and that's exactly for yourself subhanallah spreading that message of dua it was your first experience you know by listening to others and others keep giving that advice and you decided to make dua and then it kind of got further and further from that and it didn't just stop at that epilepsy experience but also the the business that we've we've talked about earlier before the break is that subhanallah you know with the power of dua he never thought he would start a business he started one and then he started the second and mashallah you know Allah has kind of made it easy for you mashallah to develop it further and further and have clients mashallah from the first few weeks so jazakallah khair for sharing this uh um i appreciate that perhaps if we can quickly end with um what can we do today in order to help us with having that trust in allah and using the power of dua we have like a few seconds like 30 seconds or you know close to that if you can tell us yeah. right, if you don't mind <laughs> um just start start off small start off mm. small start from today start off with a, some a small good deed mm. and even if it's something as, as small as the morning and evening of car mm. and that it will take you from then onwards just start off small and if you find it difficult to start today write it down just just let it be known bring it out into the world bring it out to allah even if it's just sitting listening right now pausing and saying ya allah please i want this make it easy for me to do this just bring something out to allah and he will slowly slowly take you there he'll take care of the rest thank you so much for being here with us as well on today's show it has come to the end of the show but thank you Hafsa again and thank you to the listeners for being with us and thank you Hafsa again for bringing our attention to a very important topic relating to the power of dua and how we can have trust in Allah's plans um, listeners thank you for joining us please stay tuned to future episodes as well the um, show takes place every Monday 6 to 7 p.m so please do join us also if you are or if you know someone who would like to share your story in our radio show to inspire others please do get in touch with us at all triple seven nine four eight one eight double two we'd love to hear from you jazakallah khair and thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefm luton